If it's happening now, we're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. We'll talk more about all of this. Michael Sanderson, Chief Hamilton Paramedic Service and Treasurer of the Ontario Association of Paramedic Chiefs and with us now. Michael, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. I am Scott. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it. So obviously, Michael, we've heard of these situations before when there hasn't been enough ambulances uh, to cover, uh, you know, whether they're in a hospital and waiting to offload patients or what have you, even before the pandemic. What has this now, uh, what is the situation like now in a sort of post-pandemic or the latter stages of this pandemic? What is it like? Well, I really wish it was post-pandemic, Scott, where we're still kind of dealing with how yeah, a lot that's of true. coming from it. But but it's very challenging right now. It has been very challenging for some time. Uh, uh, offload delays at hospital have become uh, endemic in terms of our, our management of issues. Uh, they impact our staff. Uh, but it's not just a, a local issue. It's a provincial issue. Uh, many larger ambulance services in particular are running into the same types of challenges. I think you've already reported we had more than 330 code zeros year to date. Uh, and uh, the, the number of delay hours that we have uh, waiting to transfer patients to the hospital uh, have really been at the highest levels we've ever seen uh, in the process. We're actually, uh, as of uh, this morning, I think it was somewhere around 34,000 uh, ambulance hours delayed at the hospital waiting uh, this year to date. So is this a case, and, and I'm sure you're going to end up saying a bit of both, but uh, Michael, is this about, uh, you know, crews waiting to offload patients because there's the backup in the in the healthcare and the hospital system, or that we need more paramedics and, and vehicles on the road, which, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're experiencing a, a shortage just like everybody else is. Well, we're, we're experiencing a shortage because of call volumes and we're experiencing uh, the, the growth. But, but I think we actually have good plans for managing that. Council's approved uh, over the last several years the plans for managing the call volume growth uh, to, to manage uh, the changes in the age demographics. And I, I'm pretty comfortable with following that plan. The, the issue that we have is really the, the increase in offload hours as a result of systemic problems within the healthcare system. So it comes down to the staffing in the hospitals or ability to get health and human resources, patient flow through the hospital, patient flow out into long-term care, uh, the issues of primary care access within the community and uh, patients utilizing the emergency department as really their primary care, either the emergency department or urgent care centers. So I, I think that we have a good plan for managing growth and volume. And I think council is very responsive to our, our request for, for staffing for that. Uh, but but it's difficult for us to plan and for council to manage adding resources on short notice uh, because we have hospital offload delays, particularly peaking at the levels that they are. Um, our ability to bring in human resources is no different than anybody else's. Uh, it's a two-year college program before we can hire them. We're, we're working mm-hmm. to hire more paramedics as we move through it. But it's not something I could turn around and just instantly hire uh, should there be a desire to cover hospital offload delays just by putting in more paramedics. We, we can't just do that on the turn of a dime, nor can we actually, in fact, get the ambulances to do that with. Uh, th- there is this challenge that we have across North America in terms of uh, accessing ambulance chassis and vehicles through the conversion program. They're hmm. significantly delayed still as a result of those chip problems that we've all heard about. 
Wow. Man, uh, so is there, uh, we, obviously we know, Michael, the situation with the healthcare system and, and, you know, everybody's aware of it, hopefully, hopefully going to give it the attention it needs, but we all know that's going to be a long-term solution. Is there something uh, interim, and again, you keep coming back to the offload situation, the fact that these crews just cannot get back on the street where they are needed. Um, is there any sort of situation you can set up, whether... Um, you know, it's some sort of uh, uh, area where these patients are being monitored, but monitored, but not yet into the hospital system, perhaps. I don't know. I'm speaking uh, obviously out of turn. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're the expert mm-hmm. here. But is there, a, is there a solution to get us through to this until we can fix the, the blockage at the, at the hospital end? Yeah, I think it's pretty good that you're, you're aware of the issues and the potential for setting up uh, an area to, to unload the patient or to look after the patients prior to entering the hospital, Scott, because we've been doing that. Uh, we've been doing that for a long period of time. Uh, we actually fund through ministry funding dedicated offload nurses for the hospitals just to facilitate that with four stretcher spaces. Uh, we double up on our patients where uh, paramedics arrive with a patient uh, and another paramedic who arrives. If the patient's suitable to end up having both patients looked after by one crew, we can free a crew up as long as we have stretcher spaces and we're working with the hospitals to facilitate more space for that. We just had a meeting on that this morning in the process. So those are all good short-term solutions, but but quite frankly, we've been doing those. Uh, we've been working with the hospitals uh, and it continues to be a challenge. It's When you're in the emergency ward, it's pretty challenging. The hospital staff, yeah. the, the paramedics that are waiting, uh, and, and for the patients that are on our stretchers for, for those long periods of time. Uh, we have uh, Sandy Shaw, NDP MPP, coming up uh, in the next hour to talk about a bill she's uh, wants to address regarding the Code Zero problem. What would you want to hear from politicians? Well, I'd like to hear that they have the the attention to the issue. Uh, certainly, uh, we believe uh, systemically and across the province that there are opportunities. Uh, we'd like to continue working with the province on uh, the models of care issues. There are education issues for our paramedics on that, but that starts to transform. Uh, our system where paramedics, instead of transporting a patient to the hospital, could do a referral off to other healthcare uh, opportunities. Uh, they could do a treatment and release uh, rather than transporting to the hospital, all under medical control and doing it in a safe process. Uh, we'd like to end up seeing uh, some, some transformation within the ambulance dispatch centers. Uh, we know the province is moving forward on um, implementing a, dispa- dispa- a different dispatch criteria, uh, the medical priority dispatch system. Uh, it's been in process for many years now, and uh, we, we just want to see that one done quickly. But on top of that, creating a clinical hub within the dispatch, uh, so a clinical advisor in the dispatch to end up looking after low acuity calls and making clinical decisions from a medical perspective about, first of all, whether an ambulance is actually required to go or whether we can send an alternative resource or uh, doing some other level of managing it. So so those are all mm. good interim solutions, and, and I think they, they contribute to long-term solutions for our healthcare crisis as well. It sounds like you're certainly working on it, Mike, and it's just a case of getting all the oars in the water at once. Michael Sanderson with his uh, chief Hamilton Paramedic Service and treasurer of the Ontario Association of Paramedic Chiefs trying to deal with the issues of not enough paramedics and ambulances on the street when we need them. Michael, thanks for the time. Good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.